If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome back to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. Today we have a listener episode for you. Today I spoke to Lauren, who lives in upstate New York. She is an elementary school teacher, and we talk about the ending of her seven-year relationship, which started in her early 20s. So basically she was in this relationship throughout her entire 20s, and I guess from the perspective of someone who ended the relationship, Lauren is the one who ended her relationship after a long discovery process of having intense anxiety, not knowing where it was coming from, finally realizing it came from the relationship and not being happy with it, but not wanting to believe that. So we talk about how to trust your gut, trust your intuition, how to deal with the difficulty of having to end a relationship. We talk about going the back and forth kind of thing. She went back and forth with her ex for, I think she said about a year and a half. And then we talk about what finally led her to fully walk away and go no contact and focus on herself. We talk about what it's like to start rediscovering a life on your own after being with someone your entire 20s. So it's a great episode. I'm so glad. I've really been wanting listener episodes of people who did end the relationship because I think it's a really important perspective to share whether that was you or whether you just need to hear the opposite perspective from a breakup. So I hope you enjoy Lauren as much as I did. Welcome, Lauren, to the Heal Your Heart Rig podcast. Thank you so much for coming on as, as a listener today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This is a great opportunity. Awesome. Could you start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I'm Lauren. Um, I am from the upstate New York area, born and raised, and I am a elementary teacher starting my sixth year in just a few weeks here. I'm a dog mom. I am an auntie to five nieces and nephews and kind of me in a nutshell. <laughs> awesome. So let's talk a little bit about your relationship because it was a, you know, a very long term relationship by all, you know, sense of the word. Can you talk about maybe how you and your ex met, how the relationship started and just give us a little synopsis of the relationship? 
Yeah. So my ex and I met when we were in our young 20s. So I was 21. He was 22. I was finishing up my grad school and college to become a teacher. At that point, we kind of just met through like a mutual friend at like a party, something in college. Very quickly, just kind of hit it off and just started hanging out a lot and just we kind of fell into a relationship together. For us, it was one of our like very first really serious adult relationships. Um, So very like new and just kind of like figuring it all out together. I'll say in the beginning, it was probably pretty like immature relationship just because we're both so young and just- Yeah, it's like hard to have a mature relationship at 21, but you feel like it's mature at the time. Oh yeah, you feel like this is like it, like everything's good, you know, but figured it out along the way. And about maybe two and a half years in that I had graduated with my teaching certificate, you know, looking for a job. At the time, it was kind of hard to find a teaching job, especially in New York. So I kind of started to look elsewhere, like down south, so a few different cities that I was interested in. Ended up going on a trip to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I really just enjoyed the city. Got a teaching job like right away, and so I decided to move down there and kind of start my career. And he decided to come with me and kind of take that journey with me at that time. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a huge commitment to move states with someone. So obviously the relationship was very committed and and very serious. So you guys were together for seven years, right? Yeah, seven years total. Okay. So when did things start to shift for you? Like towards the end? Yeah. Or like maybe if there were things in the middle of all that, we're kind of skipping ahead. But like, was there a shift that occurred within the relationship that made you start questioning things? Yeah, you know, just like the whole big being able to move together, like move states, like move in together. We both like moved out of our parents' homes. Like it was a huge transition. And I think uh, the first few years that we did that, it was just figuring it all out and just, you know, what are our roles and who does the dishes, who cooks, like that whole thing. And, you know, on top of that, we're both figuring out our careers. Like he quit his job to move down there with me. So he had to start over again and brand new. And he was figuring that out. And I was figuring out my career as a teacher. So a lot of different things were kind of going on with that. But if I think back to it and think about like, what is the shift there? I think probably for a lot of people, it was the pandemic is a really big like turning point. It's unique because I think about it as like the best time in our relationship, but also like the worst time. Um, Mm -hmm. You kind of had both of those aspects with that. And I think after you know, being in that lockdown and we were in a small, like two bedroom apartment, like, you know, on top of each other, it was great quality time that we had together in the beginning. Like we really, really enjoyed it. But then, you know, as it continued and then we're both working from home and I'm trying to teach students in my living room and, you know, he's in sales. So he's on the phone all day, like talking. So it was a lot. And I think that was the time I really just became just a very like anxious person and just kind of could not regulate myself no matter like what I tried to do. And that's when I just kind of realized, like, I don't think I'm really happy. Like something is telling me like something in my life is not right. And I just could never figure out exactly what it was. And for me, my anxiety showed up a lot more like physically, you know, I would break out like crazy for so long. I tried every different skincare regimen in the book and nothing worked. I had like digestive issues, stomach issues, just couldn't sleep at night. Like it was insane, like the way my body reacted to that. And so I think, you know, that was the the first sign that kind of really told me to like sit down, think about this, like what is going on and what can we fix and change? 
It's so crazy how things can, whenever I'm like really stressed about a decision that I have to make, I always remember that at some point, if I'm doing something that I shouldn't be, alarm bells will start going off. And, you know, whether it's our intuition or whatever that is, things will start. It's like we start getting these kind of road signs of, hey, we should pause. Something isn't right here. And had you ever dealt with anxiety before in the past? I think I've always like had it to an extent, it, but it never like manifested like in this way so much where like, you know, I couldn't like shut it out. I, I could not turn off those bells as hard as I tried. It was just getting louder and louder and just kind of really forced me to look at things in a different way. In what way did your ex, what was their role within the anxiety? Were they helpful? Like, what did that look like? I think it was it was really hard for him to understand because, you know, I didn't really understand it a lot in the beginning either. I couldn't, you know, tell him exactly what was wrong or what needed to be better. All I could do was voice, you know, how I was feeling and different things that I may have needed from him or things that I wanted to be different in the relationship. I would voice those the best ways I could. And, you know, I think he would try to make those changes and try to work with me and make those efforts. But in the end, it would kind of just all fall back to our same patterns and same routines. And I think that's the hard part with being with somebody for so long is like, you're just so used to doing things a certain way when you want to go with that and change stuff. It's it's hard to kind of course correct and, and try something new. Yeah. And at what point did you start recognizing that the relationship was likely the source of the anxiety? I started therapy like during that time, which was super helpful. Just, you know, it's a great way to reflect and kind of get somebody else's opinion through that. But I think for me is when I just didn't feel like a bunch of joy anymore. I felt like it was just draining me more than it was giving me positive things in my life. And just the more I talked to my friends and my family, because they're just such a huge support system for me, the more I just saw all my friends like starting to get engaged and get married and just really look at their relationships. I'm like, that's so amazing that, you know, that's happening for you. And I love the way your partner supports you in that way. And not to say that I just compared here and there, but it's like, when you don't know, you don't know. And this is my first relationship. Like, how am I supposed to know exactly how it's supposed to be? So really just kind of taking a pause and taking a look at it and just figuring out my needs and what I wanted. It's a very scary thing, I think, to admit that you might not be happy within a relationship. I think that's, I know in the past for me, and honestly, even I went through a kind of anxious, scary period with my husband after we got engaged. And I remember telling my therapist and and she said, how does this make you feel saying it? And I said, it feels very scary to admit something like that. So being able to to voice that to friends and family and therapist is because you don't want to believe that, especially if there isn't anything innately wrong. There's it's just it's just not working. I I think that's a very scary thing. And I think that keeps people in relationships for a lot longer than they necessarily want to be just because I don't know. It's just, it's like a very scary thing to to admit to yourself. Yeah, no, it's super scary. And and yeah, and to admit it out loud, it just kind of makes it that much more real. And so then it's like, it's hard to go back on that. And thankfully I had a huge, huge support system that like without that, I don't think I would have had the strength to leave, you know, to the point where I would stay at my friend's houses for a week or two at a time just to get some space and clarity and, you know, try to figure this out. And then 
I would end up back home. We would end up back in the same situation. Like it was a huge cycle that I went through for probably about a year and a half. And my friends, you know, being there for me, they, they let me come stay and they let me go back and they let me talk about it. They let me change my mind a million times Yeah, and they were, they were there for it all. So I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. Well, recently I, on the podcast, I've been trying to focus or just shed light more on the viewpoint of the person ending the relationship because it, it is, I know when you're on the receiving end of the breakup and it feels like you were blindsided and it feels like the other person just takes off really easily. It can feel like it was a like split second decision that there was no thought put into it. When in reality, I think it's much more common to have something like yours where it was very long thought out. It was a really hard decision. You did go back on it a few times. How did you start approaching that conversation with your ex when you realized, okay, this isn't working for me. What did that first conversation with him look like? You know, I think about it and I think probably something little happened throughout the day and we might, might've gotten an argument. And then throughout that, I just kind of said, like, I am unhappy. Like I'm not happy in this relationship. And it's like, when you say that, like it's said, like, you can't take it back. You can't go back on it. You can't forget that it was said. So I think from there, I just had to explain to him, like, this is what I'm feeling. Like, this is what I don't think I'm getting from the relationship. And this is areas that I think that we need to do better in. And when he like maybe couldn't see that, or he didn't understand why that was making me upset, it was just clear that like, we didn't view our relationship in the same way. I wasn't getting out of it what he was. And if we're not both, you know, getting that mutual benefits and both super, super excited to be there, it's just, it's not going to work. Yeah. And that's why I talk a lot about most breakups come down to just an incompatibility, but the incompatibility can be how you see relationships. What you desire out of a relationship can be different what someone else does. And even though you guys from the outside maybe are behaving in a way that looks like a happy couple it's still an incompatibility because your relationship is such a big deal. It's such a big part of your life that to not be getting what you desire out of it is a really big deal. Right. And that's the thing, like, just because we did get together so young, like, I didn't know what I wanted at 21, like in a partner and it changes over time. And so it's, like I said, it's, it makes me feel really guilty through it just to have my mind be changed and have my desires be changed and his not. And so he's, you know, didn't really understand a lot of it, which I don't fault him for, but it puts a lot of guilt on the person who is kind of changing and evolving. Yeah. And that's the thing we, as humans, as adults, we change. I mean, if we think about how we were at 20 versus how we are at 30 and then, you know, how we're going to be at 40, so much can change within that. And we hope that our partners, us and our partners can change together and grow together. But sometimes that doesn't happen and and people are well within their rights to change their mind, you know, and it, it doesn't serve anyone to stay in a relationship that isn't working for both people because you weren't going to be able to set him free to find someone that matches what he wants out of a relationship. And you're obviously shortchanging yourself by staying in something that isn't working for you. So when you would take these breaks, what would be the thing that would make you go back? Was it a fear? Was it a thought? What kind of walk me through that process? 
Yeah. So I would, you know, take the breaks and go stay with my friends for a week or two and kind of not communicate much with him and just kind of told him I needed the space and clarity to kind of figure things out. And I would have that time to think about things and just figure out, figure out my life. But at some point we would have to talk about it again and kind of come back together and figure it out. And it would always just be these, oh, I can change. This can be better. This, we can do this differently. We'll do that. Like all these like promises that I was just holding on to because I didn't want this to happen. I didn't want to go and start all over again. Like I wanted this to be my forever person. So I would hold on to every, any hope or promise that he would give me, or even that I would tell myself that maybe I can be happy here. Maybe I don't need this thing that I'm not getting, or maybe I can, you know, compromise in that way. I would just hold on to all these hopes and promises and hopes that it would be better on top of the fear of leaving and being completely on my own and starting over at the age of 28, 29. Like that was super scary, super scary to me, especially when all my friends were in serious relationships, married kids, like that's something I want too. So I was terrified of being alone and starting over from scratch. And were you still living in Charlotte at this point? Yep. Yep. We okay. were still living there together. So we you know, had an apartment. We had gotten a dog together at some point in that too. So that was really hard because it felt like a family and then to yeah. you know break that up is super hard. I'm trying to think of how I can phrase this question, but let's say for example, and I don't know how much he did change or how much he did you know, follow through on that stuff, but if he did change that stuff, do you think that would have made a difference or do you think you were done because there are things that people can do and change and work on within relationships. But there does come a point where you just realize that person is not for you. And you would have to almost ask them to make serious character changes to make it work, if that makes sense. So I'm curious, do you feel like you were done? Or do you feel like there was a chance that he could make the changes to make it work? I think I always held on to the hope that, you know, if he made exactly these changes that I wanted to, like it would work and it would be perfect. But I think that if that were to happen, I would just find other things that I was now unhappy with or now that I desired to change. Like it felt like anything I asked for, I always wanted to ask more. And so that was a sign for me. It's like, why am I asking this person to change completely when this is not, you know, maybe it's not who he is or it's who I want him to be now. And I can't ask somebody to change all of that just because I'm feeling unhappy. Yeah, I definitely understand that. And it's hard because it's hard when you really don't want to have to end the relationship. So you will hold on to any hope or you're like, I don't want to have to do this. So I will look for any reason to not have to, but then it comes a time where, what would you say your turning point was of having to be like, this isn't a break, this relationship is over? Because I think a lot of people go through that back and forth. Yeah, absolutely. It took a lot of times, but I think in the end, so through that time where I was kind of in and out, we were taking those breaks every few months or whatever we decided to get a puppy, which obviously wasn't the best decision at the time in the state of our relationship. But you know, that's what we did. And, you know, at first, it was great, because it created this family unit, like it really just felt like we were working towards something, building a family that we want in the future, kind of starting that process. But we 
ended up having very different views on how to, you know, how to kind of raise this dog and, and parenting styles, I guess, if you will, and just kind of different perspectives on roles and responsibilities. And so I thought about all that and then I compared it to having a child and I was like, well, if I'm not really happy with the way that we're dealing with this dog together, I don't think I'm gonna be happy the way we raise a child. And so, you know, in the end, it's like, if that's what I'm super scared about is like having children and, you know, being to that point, like, I'm not gonna waste time with somebody who I don't think that's going to be possible with or in the way that I want it to be. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. Breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in a 11 years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off recess mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, and that's a hard realization to have, but it's a very important one because I do think a lot of people think that children will change their partner. And it, you know, having a child does change your world in so many ways, but I don't think it can make a partner that isn't working all of a sudden this perfect person for you. And I remember I had a mentor once tell me that marriage is about love and it's about having a companion and a best friend and all of that. But at the end of the day, it's also like a business partnership that you're in. You're agreeing to raise children together. You're agreeing to take care of finances together all of these things. And it is really important to take a look at all of those aspects. If the person you're with 
when you're dating isn't good at handling money. Let's fast forward 30 years when you guys have a mortgage together, savings together. You have to worry about finances for your kids. All of that stuff will only continue to magnify or get worse. And sure, people might change along the way, but you can never really bank on that. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, like I said, getting the dog probably was a decision for us. But for me, I was thankful that it we did that and it happened. So I was able to see that because, you know, even just, you know, taking the dog away and kind of figuring that out, like I couldn't imagine it actually being a child. Like that would be a million times harder and make just the process so much, so much more difficult. I would argue that it was probably ultimately a good idea to get the dog because it was the thing that made you see, okay, this isn't working. So how did you handle that? I guess we'll call last and final ending. Yeah, I pretty much just kind of went to him and said, this is, you know, not how I want to live my life. And this is not what I envision for my future anymore. And I just, I need to do what's best for me to figure out myself and and just kind of focus on me to make me happy. So I told him that I would be moving out, told him that I would be taking the dog because that was just the whole thing. Um, and kind of that I would, you know, I would just figure it out. And how did he handle that? I mean, he was super upset and just, yeah would try to make me stay and just, you know, try all those promises and just, he would say anything just to get me to stay and just work on it because he did not want this at all either. And he just, he couldn't figure out why we just couldn't make it work. Yeah. I mean, that is, it's a hard thing starting a conversation that you know is going to break someone else's heart. Someone that you you didn't want to be in a relationship with him, but you obviously still really cared about him and spent a lot of a lot of your life with him. So I think people always ask me the difference between being the person that ends a relationship and being the person that's been broken up with. And I do tend to think that some of the mourning happens prior to ending the relationship because you do have to do some mourning and grieving before you actually end the relationship. What did that look like for you immediately after? Were you struck by sadness? Were you still filled with some doubt and regret? What were those, let's say, first couple weeks like after ending it? Yeah, probably a mixture of things. Like, you know, I had to go out and get my own place and and figure out what to do with the dog during the day. So I, I was doing a lot of different things I never had to do before. So that kind of, I think, distracted me at first and mm-hmm. also empowered me. I was like, oh, okay, like I can do this. I can be on my yeah. own. I can figure it out. Like, I'm okay. But the hardest part there and, and through it all was just being confident in your decision and sticking to it and knowing like you are doing this for you and it's the best thing that you can do right now to help you be happier and just always remembering that because there are going to be times of loneliness or sadness or you think about the relationship with rose colored glasses on and you think oh I, I wasn't that unhappy like that wasn't really that big of a deal like I could do this again and if you give in to those thoughts and you, you reach out and you have that contact it can just bring you in this huge spiral again of when you know just the same thing over and over again yeah And I know you did ultimately go no contact. Was that something that you had to bring up and or enforce? Or was that something that was mutually agreed upon? No, it was definitely definitely me because I moved out and living down there in Charlotte, still finishing out the school year. But then as soon as the school year ended, it was about six months later, I decided to come back to New York just to really kind of get back with family and friends. And so while I was still in Charlotte, it was 
you know, we were still talking, we would still see each other every now and then, like it was still a very casual relationship. But then once I moved, I really just said to myself, like, I need to make this a fresh start. I need this to be, you know, my new beginnings and I need to not have contact with him in order to, to do that. So when he would reach out, I would tell him that, like, I just, you know, can't talk to you. It's too hard. Like, I need space. I need healing. Like, we need to have no contact, like, during this time. And that's what I kind of did. <laughs> yeah. And I know a lot of people who do in the relationship don't feel like they're able to be the ones that sets no contact because they feel like I'm the one that initiated the pain. I should be fielding texts and questions or whatever from the person. But I think it's always the best thing for both parties. And I think a lot of the time, because people will say, my ex broke up with me and then they blocked me. Like, what the heck, you know? And yeah, I always tell them it's, it's the best thing for you. You don't have to decide if you're going to do it or not. You both need it. And so right. the fact that someone initiated it for you is great. It's a gift. And I wanted to ask something and I don't want you to feel any like guilt around the question. But after you ended the relationship, was there a sense of relief did your anxiety go away like what was there a release of some sort oh yeah absolutely okay. like it was just you know i would get home from work and i just felt like i could like breathe like it just felt like i wasn't being stressed out at home and work it was just like i could come home and be in my peace and just be with my dog and just you know focus on me so that was a huge telling point for me too because it's like before i was just anxious all day long and then after it was maybe i was just stressed at work and then at home i had i had that peace oh i'm so glad you were able to experience that i always tell people if you feel any sort of i mean it's very sad and it there's a lot of doubts and guilt ending a relationship but i think a lot of people do experience pretty immediate relief of knowing that they made the right decision and knowing they did something really hard. It's it's very hard to have a conversation of ending a relationship, knowing how much it's going to hurt the other person. But I'm glad that you were able to experience that, especially because anxiety was such a big part of pointing to the realization that you did need to end it. Right. Yeah. And like I said, that was a huge, huge telling point for me. And it's something that I just always kind of go back to when I do have those moments of doubt, because you know, even now, almost two years, two years out of it, like, you still have those moments, like you're still lonely, you still kind of question things sometimes. And so you always have to just look at the relationship as objectively as you can. And just remember, like, it wasn't all roses and sunshines, like it was, it was a hard time. What tools did you employ when you had moments like that, where maybe you felt lonely, or you felt doubtful? I'm sure there were times where you wanted to reach out to him or you wanted to go back to him, what what would you do to help counteract those rose-colored glasses or the feeling of loneliness? Well, therapy, one, like I said before, was a huge, huge help for me. That was probably the most significant part of my journey. I also got into, you know, journaling and just making different lists, like in my phone. Like, I think I have a list that's like, reasons it will never work. And mm, I kind of just listed out reasons like, yeah, just like why this is never going to work no matter what happens, X, Y, and Z. It's just, it's not the relationship for you. So I'd reread those over and over again. And then just like reaching out to my support system, my friends, especially because, you know, they knew a lot of what happening. They knew a lot of what was going on and how I was feeling. So they were really good at kind of telling me how it was and making me remember it more of the realities of what it was. I think I also, you describing your friends, 
it seems like they handled it so well where they didn't shame you for going back. So it always felt like you could be very honest with them about what you were feeling and what was happening. So that way they could point back to that honesty and kind of help you remember those kind of things. Because I think what happens a lot of the time when there's back and forth is people stop talking to their friends about it because they feel like they're going to get shamed or guilted away from it. So then when they are feeling doubtful, their friends don't really know the truth about it. So I think the fact that you and your friends handled that so well during the back and forth was ultimately very helpful in the breakup yeah absolutely and that's that's what i always say because there were points that i wouldn't want to talk about anymore because i'm like oh i don't want anybody else to know like what's going on like what if yeah. you get married one day like i don't want them to know what's going on but they would always ask so then i couldn't like not tell them so it was you know i'm glad they asked i'm glad they kept keeping me accountable because you know without them i don't i don't think i would have done what i did so yeah and I think a big aspect of you were with this person for basically all of your 20s for the most part. Mm -hmm. How did you adjust to a life on on your own, I guess, even though, you, you know, you have a lot of great support system? How did you adjust to living as a single person for pretty much the first time as an adult? Yeah, ever, really. I mean, it was hard. It definitely took a lot of different like trial and error you know, especially moving to a new city again and kind of in a different career space. I had to just figure it out. I had to move multiple times. You kind of, you got to figure out like your finances, which is a huge thing just on your own. Figure out what to do with a dog. Like when you're at work all day now, it's a lot of trial and error. It's talking to people who have been through it. I have some, you know, good friends and family who have been through similar things and they're single and they're on their own. And they tell me how they kind of get by and they do it. I have like, I'll do like FaceTime dates with friends, like at dinner, because I don't want to eat alone again. Like we we'll yeah. make sure we have that time together. Like, so it's, it's really enhanced, like some of my other relationships. And that's, I think one of the biggest things I've taken away from this is just the other deeper connections that I've been able to make with other people in my life. That's great. And I know you mentioned that you do have a lot of friends in your life that are getting married or having babies. How have you've been able to, I guess still, you know, cause I think a lot of times when people are going through breakups, they automatically isolate themselves a little bit from their married or engaged or new parent friends. How did you, you know, still connect with them and how did you not feel, I mean, it's okay to feel sad about it, but how did you not let the sadness yeah. around that, like disconnect you, I guess? Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a huge challenge. I won't lie. It's not, definitely not easy. I definitely had yeah. those moments of sadness or even jealousy, like as, as bad as that might sound. Like No, it's, it's but it's true. totally normal and valid. <laughs> yeah. But for me, I think I just really looked at them and their stage of life and their relationships as like, you know, an expander in my life and thinking like, wow, like this is such a great relationship you have and you're able to get married and have kids. Like I, I just love what you have, like, I cannot wait to have that one day and just kind of embracing that and cheering all my girlfriends on and just being happy for them and proud of them for where they're at. And just knowing that it will come for me, like it will be there as well. I just, I need this time alone right now. I need to work on myself and just know that just because it's happening for them doesn't mean like, it's not going to happen for me. Like there's enough to go around for everybody and it just, it takes time. And so, like I said, it's something I still 
can struggle with and it can be hard, but just kind of having those grounding moments and just remembering like, this is just your journey right now. It will get better. I do think that you allowing yourself to have those feelings and just saying, it's okay that I'm sad about it. It's okay that I feel a little jealous around it. I do think that makes it easier because when we try to block those feelings or if we judge those feelings that come up, it's way more isolating and we don't feel like we can connect with them in that way. So I think that's a beautiful perspective. And I love looking at other relationships in your life as as an expander. If it can happen for them, it can happen for me instead Mm -hmm. of, oh, they took you know, one of the few great partners in the world off, you know, off the market or whatever, we can look at it if we have that, if we don't have that abundant kind of mindset. I want to end with two questions. The first one is what was the biggest thing that surprised you about yourself as you navigated this whole process? The biggest thing that surprised me about myself would be how much I enjoy my own company and being alone and kind of really embracing that time in my life. I think the scariest thing for me to do this was to be alone and have to do everything by myself and figure it all out. But now, you know, I'll be out with my friends during the day and maybe my family for a little bit. And then I come home and I'm just like, oh, I get to be alone. I get to decide what I want to watch on TV. I get to decide what I have for dinner. Like it's all my decision and that, you know, can be very empowering. And so I think that's been my favorite part. I love that. And my last question is, If we could go back to the time when you were completely debilitated with your anxiety around this whole situation, you could go back and send a message to that version of you. What do you wish you could say to her? I would say to her to slow down, listen to your body and really figure out what it is trying to tell you. Stop trying to shut it out. Stop trying to force things. Stop holding on for something that is not for you. And if you can do that and you can let go, you would be amazed with everything that's coming for you. Yeah, I think your story is such a good example of learning how to trust yourself. And I imagine that after this, even though there was pain around it, I imagine that the trust and intuition within yourself has gotten a lot stronger because you can see what happens when you do listen to it. And even if you have to do something difficult because of what you're hearing from yourself, it pays off so much. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a your intuition. It's a muscle. You have to build it. You have to, you know, depend on it and and do that. And it's not linear. Like it's not always going to be like just oh, I trust it once. I'm going to trust it forever. Like you have sometimes those moments of doubt, but you just gotta, you know, rely on your support system, rely on all the tools that you've learned, and just really continue upward. I love that. Well, thank you so much for for coming on and and sharing your story. I'm so appreciative that that you shared with us. And I can't wait for people to hear this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise.